Hello. Hello. Who's this? This is Micah. Who's this? Your hopes and dreams. What? This is my hopes and dreams? Yes. Okay. I'm just kidding. That's me. Uh, Oh, what's up, man? Nothing much. Just uh, living the dream. Yeah. How about you? I was actually thinking we need to start the podcast off with some uh, some jokes. Some jokes, yeah. And you're you're the you're the joke man on this podcast, so you gotta, um, you gotta come up with something funny, like a knock knock jokes or no, just a good a good uh, good intro. A good intro. Well, I think we don't need jokes. We need a, you know, some, maybe some hardcore music and, you know, uh, just get get people pumped up. We need some death metal. Death, yeah, some death metal. Just we need Wayne's band. Who's Wayne? Some guy. Some friend. some guy that plays death metal. Some friend from high school. Well. I, maybe we'll get someone like that. Well, I think you should start off by apologizing to the audience. I think you should apologize to the audience. I I sounded great last podcast. You did actually. Okay, I will. I I will apologize. Last podcast, I actually went out, bought a mic, and it turned out the mic. I think hopefully it was the mic made my the sound quality bad. So if you heard the last episode or two. Blame it on the mic, not me. Blame it on the mic. Maybe that's the name of the this podcast. That's a good one. Yeah, I like that. Blame it on the mic. Yeah. Well, and, but I think that, I think that you have to apologize for, not, for what for not doing it yesterday on time on a timely. You know, schedule. I don't know why I I I think I was in the sun all day and for the time. It was time to record. I, I was, I just couldn't do it. Didn't have the energy. Didn't have the, the energy, or I just, I think it would have, it would have been bad. You gotta suck it up, man. Treat this like. I guess so. Treat this like. Speaking of that, I'm. So has the uh, what's the viewership been like? Treat this gone up. Hasn't gone down. What's what's the where what's the total there? You gotta treat this like it's high school football, man. Like it's hell week. Every week is how we. Um, good question, actually, because I wanted to go over that. Um, so, well, I can't even look at it now, but I, I think I know what it is. So, on the Anchor app, our our um, listeners it went down. It went like it peaked kind of at like it went up to like twenty for like the third or twenty two for like the third episode, but then the fourth and fifth were at like. 10, 10 and 12 or something. Ooh. But the good the good news is is that I looked on Apple Podcasts and it was showing like 150 listens. At least I think that that's what it's saying. So, 150 listens? Yeah. So if, if that's the case, that's actually, I'm actually pretty happy about that. But for some reason, Anchor isn't, the app that we're using isn't like picking up on those 
on those listeners. So, so you think 150 people at least push play? According, yeah, according to Apple Podcasts, and it actually says, um, yeah, like a play counts as someone pressing play for more than zero, like literally zero seconds. So if somebody just presses play for like a second and turns it off, then then um, we get we get it counted. So I don't know, maybe Anchor, maybe they have to listen to more of it. I don't know. But um, I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty happy if, if that's true, 150, and that's total. Are you sure you just didn't go on Apple and just kept pressing the, the play button 150 times? I didn't. But I, I don't think no that wouldn't be from like a a new device or whatever. It can't be like the same device. So I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. Well, if you're happy, I'm happy. That's true. As long as there's money in my pockets, I'm happy. Well, I think you have a long way to go to get money <laughs> in your pocket. I think we have like twenty six cents on the, on on the Acre app. Because we only have like eighty four listens and it's fifteen dollars for a thousand. That could but buy you a, a Reese's peanut butter cup in the nineties. Yeah, for twenty five cents. If you went back in time. Now it's uh, you could use that as a leftover change at, and put in that in a gas station where they had that loose change. You can put it in there to help someone out. Yeah. Back by day, a nickel snicker black, and now a nickel won't buy you nothing. Back, well, <laughs> I don't know what day that is 1940s, yeah, 30s. Way back in the day. I think that was, I don't know, I think it was like I actually watched a documentary about candy bars, it's actually pretty good. It's uh, the foods that built America. Interesting. It was interesting, and it was uh, turned out that the colonel from KFC was, like ran around with like a shotgun, and I guess he got into some brawls with some people trying to steal his uh, steal his chickens. Oh wow! And he was like, I bet he was. I, th- I think he was like racist or something, or maybe I'm, I don't know. Maybe I'm just assuming. That, I, 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 that wasn't <laughs> the documentary. I'm kind of surprised it wasn't, but well, maybe. Not. Well, it's called the Foods That Built America, not which which famous corporations, food corporations, are racist. That wasn't the name of this of this documentary. Yeah, maybe they'll go. Well, anyways, um, did you watch the the film? I was just gonna ask that actually. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> But so, had, so let me ask you this: Did did we I both end up up. end up torturing each other with with our movie picks? Yeah, like when you when you first said that movie, I was actually like, "Oh, this might be a movie that I, like I want to watch." And I figured Megan would want to watch it, but once I got into it, I was like, oh, "No, this isn't this isn't very good." What about you? Did you watch um, Blue Velvet? I did, and I thought to myself, "Why is Micah torturing me?" <laughs> It was rough, man. I, I'm not a fan of David Lynch. I, I just don't think I'll ever be a fan of him. It was a rough watch. But the weird thing about that movie is that it actually got like good reviews, and it seems like one of his more milder movies. It doesn't seem too crazy from 
I, I I'm gonna be honest with you. Like I haven't even seen the whole movie, so. Then why'd prob- you recommend that to me? Why I, didn't you watch the whole movie? I probably, <laughs> I probably should have picked a movie that I've seen, but I want the whole to see way through. It. Yeah, I want to see it, and I kind of I was actually thinking of David Lynch movie, and I thought that one might be one that you like actually might like. So I was. I'm gonna tell you right now. I don't. I don't think there's any David Lynch film that I, that I've liked. You'd have to go through the list and name each movie. I've seen an okay amount of them, and I think it's because, you know, if you're a movie buff, and I guess I'm a semi-movie buff. Like I, I love watching films. I watch whatever. So I, I've, I've, oh, I've tried to like him. I really have tried to like him because, like you said, he's an iconic um, person in, in film. And, you know, like Eraserhead, Mulholland Drive, uh, Blue Velvet, uh, you know, all those films are just iconic films, and I just cannot get into them. Yeah. Um, so, so, speaking of this, in terms of this one, so have you seen Eraserhead, first of all, and Mulholland Drive? I tried Eraserhead, and I think I, I turned – this is back in – like years ago, and I think I sat through 20 minutes and I just couldn't. Mulholland Drive, I saw the whole thing, but I I still couldn't tell you what was going on in that movie. Yeah, and I can't either. But So the thing with Mulholland Drive, <laughs> okay, so I think David Lynch is actually a good person to talk about in terms of, I guess, like, critic, re- like, kind of like what we were talking about in the other episode, like, with critic reviews and also like, what culture says about him or whatever. Um, so he's he's one of those guys that like a lot of people have told me, people who are like into like I remember like Brendan Morris, people like that, people who are into like indie films and stuff, would tell me like, and a lot of people, as you know, like you just said, like really like him, but when I try and watch his stuff from anything from like you said, Eraser, I haven't seen Eraserhead, but Mulholland Drive or um, mainly like um, the TV show. Um, Oh yeah, I, I I could I tried watching Twin Peaks and, and yeah. I, I, I I couldn't watch it. I so, almost got I feel like I got carsick just watching the film, just the way it's shot and the angles and how the characters are presenting themselves. I it just got I don't know. Yeah. So Twin Peaks, a lot of people were like, you gotta watch this, you'll love it. It's indie and it's it's weird and it's like psychological thriller or whatever. And I watched the same thing, like I could not get through it and i'm just like i even i think i even asked brendan or someone i'm like you know what's the deal with him like is is it like one of those things where it's like it's so bad it's good or something and i don't even think he had an answer but i was just like what is the deal with this like i mean this is in my opinion just it's just bad it's all bad and i'm thinking like maybe there's a possibility that it's just the timing of it like maybe like that show was on in the early 90s and same with blue velvet i think was on in the 90s but even the '90s weren't that bad. I'm just like, why? Like, I cannot see why this is good at all, and I don't really see why he's gotten so much acclaim, but he has. I don't and think I if Blue like Velvet came out nowadays, I think people would actually not like it as much. Well, that's kind of what I'm saying. Is like, do you think it could be the period? I think it was the eighty, the '90s, right? That it came out. It it was '80s and. And one of the things that I didn't like about Blue Velvet, and I'll we'll start with Blue Velvet, and you can kind of talk about the other other film, is it's 
it's essentially like a uh, uh, David Lynch's, you know, film noir. And by film noir, you know, it's kind of a, a, a detective story. Um, there's a femme fatale, which is uh, this this woman that that's in it. She's I think she's like a lounge singer. I, I forget her name. And it's almost like a, an homage to those earlier films in like the 1950s and you know, like the Maltese Falcon uh, types of films. But one of the reasons why uh, I think it wouldn't do as well is they really made, in, in my opinion, the woman <clears throat> to be very helpless and just needed the, the help of a man to help her out of her situation. The woman. And, yeah, the woman. Which is Lauren, know, which is Lauren Dern, right? I mean, well, there's Lauren Dern, and then there's the other the other lady. I, I forget her name. Lauren Dern is also in it, and essentially, you know, a man comes and saves the day and and helps out uh, this lady who is uh, really abused by by Dennis Hopper. And if you watch it, Dennis Hopper is psychotic in this film. That was the thing I was gonna ask. I was, you can keep going, but I was going to ask you if you at least liked him or like certain certain character act, um, actors or something in it. You know, in a way, like I'd say, yeah, but also he just seemed to be Dennis Hopper playing a crazy version of himself, is what it kind of came off as to me. <laughs> you know, he was just dropping f bombs left and right, and oh, that, that, and just. I mean, he did, he did a great job of coming off as an extremely psychotic, deranged person. So, yes, in that sense, he did a good acting performance because I, I didn't think of it as, oh, he's terrible. I thought of this guy as just out of his mind. <laughs> and, and he was in that, in that, <laughs> in that movie. But, oh, man. And there, there, there's some, there's some lines in there that were pretty funny that he was saying. I'm not going to repeat him on the podcast, but because um, it's very older. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought he did a fine performance, but I didn't like the the fact of it that you know this woman just seemed completely helpless and needed some man to uh, save her from her situation and. I know the the women didn't seem to be very uh just very weak and couldn't really help themselves in any way in the film. And that, and that's the one thing I, I think that if it came out today, I don't know if audiences would respond to it the way they did back then. Yeah. Uh I clip. I saw so I brought it up to you the other day and um it's it's called Wild at Heart. And you thought it was that movie about like horses jumping off the um, diving board or whatever, but I watched like, a clip of it on YouTube, and it's with like Nicholas Cage. And... I think of Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken. That's the one with women and horses going off diving boards. Yeah, this is Wild at Heart, and this is also a David Finch or David Finch, David. Um... I'm like forgetting his name after I already said it, David. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> David. Who? David Finch. David Lynch. David Lynch. Yeah, I'm, I'm mixing up David Fincher and David Lynch. So David Lynch, I'm watching a a, a little piece of um, 
the movie Wild at Heart, which I've also just like heard about. And it's with Nicolas Cage, and it was this. It was a little. It was a little scene on YouTube, and the scene was like so bad. It was just so over the top bad. And I'm just like, man, it's like this is just so awful. And like somebody, like a lot of people in the comments, you know, of course, Lynch fans will be like, oh, like I really, this is whatever. But somebody was like, um, this is like this is where this is where Tarantino got his like stars or whatever like you know this is i mean that that might be true and that's the thing is like it was you could tell that it was that tarantino was influenced by it but like i don't really want to necessarily say that tarantino does it so much better but he does but then it's like maybe it's only because he didn't like after him and it's like david lynch hasn't made a movie in so long that i'm almost wondering like if you if he did a movie now and he really kind of like try to make it somewhat relevant or whatever, like something that people like, maybe he could really do a good job. I'm just thinking that maybe all his movies, or for the most part, a lot of them are older. Yeah, and and I think with David uh, Lynch, you know, the things that he did um, that are now a lot of people do, like, for example... You know, there's like symbolism in in Blue Velvet. I'll, I'll, use, I'll use an example. So when the, when the opening scenes is, there's a guy mowing his lawn and he has a stroke or heart attack or something, and then he falls down, and it cuts to and he fell down on his grass, and then it cuts to the camera going, you know, into the grass and then into the soil. And then you see all these ants and critters everywhere. And it kind of looks very dark and ominous. And what I'm guessing they're trying to do is they're trying to show, like, if you look at the grass, just from, you know, the naked eye, just if you look at it, you don't understand what's really underneath the grass, like what's happening. Like there's all these insects and, uh, you know, maybe vile things that are, down below and that could kind of go with the town they were in they're in this nice small quiet town but really there could be a real dark ominous force within this town you know and you have to really look at the underbelly of the whole town to to get that so and he also did this part where it shows at the beginning there's an ear that's cut off in this field and you kind of look in the beginning of the show, you go, you know, down inside into the ear. And then at the end of the, the movie, you exit out. So it's kind of like you're going into this CD part that's, uh, uh, or not the seat, the CD story that's going to happen of all these strange and uh, things that you're going to find out about the town or the story or whatever it is. And then as the camera goes out, it's like, okay, you exited the story. It's done now. So th- that type of things I think filmmakers have have looked at and that's probably influenced them to do similar things in, in film nowadays. So do you think that he's he's one of the guys who kind of like came up with some some of these ideas and that's I don't know. I mean I don't know. I, I, I'm not uh I, I don't think I've watched enough, but this was made back in what, the early eighties, like eighty four, eighty six. Yeah. So I'm guessing he had, he probably got this from other things that's been going on, but he definitely, you know, influenced other filmmakers with some of the things that he did, you know, so I could, I definitely could see that. 
but there are certain elements when you watch films that are done in the eighties, um, how certain people are portrayed, like how women are portrayed. Um, it's definitely different nowadays. Cause if you watch all the films nowadays, women aren't really portrayed as, as, you know, helpless or like, I need someone to save me. Now the women are saving themselves and they're very empowered and they're the ones, you know, uh, uh, kicking butt and doing really well and they don't need the help of some man to help them out and that's kind of the theme that's going on nowadays yeah so there's you know different styles and things that are done and but the movie itself i i just wasn't a fan of i uh just, just not a fan of the guy you know yeah. and I, I i understand the the things that he did and how maybe the influence of their filmmakers, like apparently Tarantino's influenced by it, but still, I, I've just never been a fan of the films in general. Yeah. Okay. So, so what about the film that I made you watch? Real quick, have you ever seen um, Easy Rider with Dennis Hopper? Yeah, I saw that. Did you like that one? No. No. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. What about um, Jack Nicholson um, in... Um, Dang, I'm forgetting the name. Um, not or is Sense, have you seen Sense of Boulevard? I don't think so. No, I think I've seen bits, but not the whole film. There was another movie that I started watching, and Jack Nicholson. Um, it's like I don't one think he's of in the... Sunset Boulevard, is he? No, no, no. Oh, he, I don't know. But Chinatown. Have you ever seen Chinatown? Chinatown's a great film. I I actually. Okay. I actually really like Chinatown. Yeah, uh, that's definitely a film that I could watch and watch watch again. And I, I think that film holds up today. Yeah, because that was another movie. And this is like I, I don't like this about myself, but that was a movie that I started watching, and then after like probably fifteen minutes, I just stopped. And it wasn't even because it was bad or anything. I actually, for that time period, I actually kind of liked where it was going, but. I just decided to do something else. But um, <laughs> yeah, like a lot of those older movies, I just can't get into. And I don't know. I, I'm i wondering if I, I, sh- I should give it more time or whatever. And I should like just force myself to watch it. But it's like, if I get bored, I get bored, you know? Yeah. And I think with some of the older films, to me, a really good older film is something that you could watch nowadays and you could probably... It holds your attention. You like the Godfather, like one and two. I definitely could watch those films today and still be entertained. I think that's just uh, has to be one of the greatest films because it it just stands the test of time. Blue Velvet to me, I don't think it's one of those. Uh, Chinatown, I do think is one of those types of films. Um, You'd have to name off some other ones, uh, and and I could probably tell you whether or not i felt they're ones that still uh, ha- i don't know they're just really really well done then and they're still great now what about movies like casablanca or something like are you um i watched casablanca for me it wasn't i, I couldn't get into it I-, I watched the whole thing uh i really think just the acting style back at that time 
it, it's something that I don't know. I, I can't get it over that way. It, it just seems, I don't know, not genuine to me, the way they're talking and had the dialogue between the two people. I know that's just how things were done back then. And, but for me, that's, that's something I just couldn't get over. So yeah, I don't I, think that film, to me, stands the test of time. Other people, I'm sure, would disagree with me, but that's just how I feel. I kind of wonder if that's actually how they talked at that time. I can't imagine they did, no. Yeah. One thing that I've heard is, like, I heard actually, I think I actually heard people saying how they used to talk real loud and whatever. And somebody was saying how, like, it was because a lot of people play actors. So, like, you had to talk, like, real loud and real, like, I don't even know how to explain it, but just like real precise, I guess. But um, anyways, yeah, I remember watching The Godfather with you. I don't know if you remember that, but and I like that was another one. I wanted to like be into it and I just wasn't into it. And so I, I kind of want to go back and watch it again. And I should. Like, I haven't seen all of it. I only watched like, probably like half of it with you or something. And then... Uh, yeah, and then we watched the other movie too, the uh, Stanley Kubrick, like that really long one, and I wasn't into that either. The really long—that's a lot. There's a lot of long Stanley Kubricks. The one where, like, I know he used like natural lighting or whatever for all of it. Used natural Barry, lighting. Barry Lyndon. Oh, Barry Lyndon. Yeah. yeah, that's his epic film, you know, like where it starts shoots. from young Barry Lyndon all the way to the end of his life. It was like super boring. I like Barry Lyndon, actually. I think Stanley Kubrick is fantastic, and all of his films, for the most part, I've liked. Yeah, well, I mean, I like, I definitely like it, but he's another one where it's, if it's too old, I just think it's boring, and like A Clockwork Orange, I just, I mean, I like A Clockwork Orange like more than some of the other ones, but it was pretty gnarly, dude, like in terms of the violence and stuff some of the old ultra violence yeah but yeah. um clockwork orange is, is too hard of a watch for me I, I i can't i watched it once uh and because of that i, I don't really want to watch it again yeah well i'm getting i'm getting we're getting off topic here but um yeah so the movie that i watched blood red sky it's on netflix i would say go check it out but i don't I don't know if you should. But, um, <laughs> it actually got it. Actually, well, first of all, did you like it? I'm, I'm assuming you didn't. No, I li- I liked it, and the reason why is I I'm looking for just entertainment value. Uh, essentially, it's Air Force One with vampires. <laughs> I guess the best way to describe it. Yeah. So I guess the the main lady has and her son take a flight and then there's like terrorists on the flight and they take over the flight and then somewhere along the way they do like a flashback to where she she kind of turned into like a vampire so they try to kill her and then she just turns into a vampire and basically you know kills them all or whatever (laughs) and um, I don't know there's not too much to say about it I wasn't too into it and Another thing that's kind of interesting is, I guess, to say, like, why I wasn't too into it. Like, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't to um, Black Summer. 
And that's similar to this in terms of like zombies or like vampires, but vampire it, zombies. They're very or similar, and you know they yeah. just want to go around and turn people into vampires, and you know yeah. just cause mayhem. And I don't really know exactly what it is. Why I can't really tell you exactly why um, that I didn't like it, but it actually got pretty good reviews. It got um, 81 for critics and then 57 for audience. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can't. I can't really say why you know what I didn't like about it. Besides, I just wasn't entertained and. I mean, it is odd that you'll like something like a zombie film or TV show like Black Summer, but then not like something like this. Yeah, I don't like most zombie stuff. I did like the first couple seasons of Walking Dead, but I don't know if there's more much more to say about it. <laughs> no, I, I just I just gave yeah. a rant. I I really just gave you a film that I just watched recently and that yeah. was one of them i i personally liked it i i love the idea of you know uh, like a zombie uh film where you know you're in this you know tight corridors and things are coming after you and how will they escape how will they how will they get out of this uh, i like the idea of those types of tv shows and, and films um but it's definitely not for everybody yeah, I mean, I do think it was kind of an interesting idea. But, um, yeah, so for next if I, I already have a movie for you, and I've seen this one. I'll try to one that I've seen from now on. Um, it's called Eighth Grade. Have you seen it by any chance? No, and I'm kind of not looking forward to this. Do you, do you know? Well, no, I think, I think you'll actually like this one. Okay. Um, do you know is about it? it? Have you heard no, of it? I don't. I know nothing. Yeah. So other than my experience in eighth grade, so I hope it's nothing like that. So it's Bo Burnham directs it, and I won't give you too much, but basically it's this girl in eighth grade and like just how awkward and uncomfortable it is for her. And I, I honestly think you'll like it. It's a good movie. I liked it a lot. So okay, I'll I'll go check it out, and I'll have a I have a film for you. What is it? Have you seen uh, the man who wasn't there? No, but it's Billy Bob Thornton, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually kind of want to see that. Well, there you go. I think it's with the Cohen brothers, and since one of them now has retired from from filmmaking, he's done. Oh. You can go see when they work together. So that's what's that. I was wondering about that because I know that his brother, the other one... Is Ethan correct. Cohen is done, and now just Joel Cohen is continuing to do movies. I wonder why that is. I think he's just done. Just, I mean, there just wants to retire, I'm guessing. It's kind of interesting that like one of them does want to retire and the other one doesn't. But Well, Joel Cohen also has a film coming out. And, you know, those two guys... <laughs> They have a ton. I think they have a ton of just different scripts that they've written together. They it just hasn't been made. So, really, it, they, there could be a written a story written by both of them, but just Joel Cohen will do the film, 
if they get green light to do any of these other ones. But I think they've written just a bunch of, bunch of stuff together. Yeah. I think that Joel Cohen, I guess, is doing – what's the movie he's doing? It's um, Denzel Washington or – No idea. I know, I know there's something coming out, but I don't know the name of it. Let me see. Take your time. <laughs> you can. All right. I'll look. Um, all right. So, yeah, I want to go into some other stuff. I want to. I'm, I'm trying to find. Okay, here. I want to. I want to find. All right. So he's doing the tragedy with, with Denzel Washington as Macbeth. And then Francis McDormand as Lady Macbeth. So there you go. So yeah, I wanted to go into some other stuff. One is, well, I'll you know I'll just go over what what I want to talk about. You can once again decide. So one is favorite your favorite comedians. One is what? One is your favorite comedians. And then okay. what, is, what movies are you looking forward to? And then bad actors. And then I, I kind of want to do like a where are they now segment where we look up actors from the past and see what they're doing now. Oh, real quick. You know, I was thinking, you know, how I was talking about the, the White Lotus last week. Yeah. And about that one where why do they have that family only has one 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 bedroom suite and that's it yeah well apparently the white lotus is filmed at i believe it's the four seasons and i think it's maui guess how much and that's what the white lotus is supposed to be it's supposed to be a place like the four seasons how much do you think it is a night for a suite there at, at the four seasons in maui yeah um, a thousand? Nine thousand dollars. <laughs> oh, wow. So, so really the issue oh. could be that even though these people are very rich and they have tons of money and they're staying there for at least a week, maybe even two, you know, the fact that someone's paying nine thousand dollars a night could be the reason why they only get a one bedroom suite. Yeah, yeah. Unless they're so rich that nine thousand isn't even like that much, you know. But I, I don't know. Yeah, I, nine thousand is a lot. I even for very rich people, I, I would assume. Yeah. You know, so I think that could be one of the reasons why that is. Yeah. Well, that answers that. So, those do you want? Um, I don't know. I see. Let's let's go over bad actors. So. Well, what what is what is a bad actor? Well, that's what I'm wondering. You were an actor once. I've never been an actor. I don't really know. I'm well, I was a, I was in high school plays. <laughs> I don't know I, if that makes me qualified. My question to you is, who would you say is a bad actor, and maybe and maybe why? And um, yeah, well, and then, and then compare them to like a good actor. What makes the good actor so good? And the bad actor. So okay. Good? I'll I'll try to say what my what I look for is 
So when I watch a movie and I watch an, watch an acting performance, uh, what I'm really looking for is some sort of really emotional impact, whether or not I hated the actor. Like this guy was so awful that I felt or so mad at them for what they're doing in there. I felt like that's a great performance because I really loathe that person. Or um, I just love the character. You know, I, I just, this person is just such a great person. I, I, I really uh, just enjoyed everything they said and did. Or, or you feel sympathetic to their situation. So a bad actor to me is when you watch a film and you, you have nothing for what the they were trying to do. So an example could be if the actor is trying to show the audience, you know, like something really tragic has happened to them and maybe you feel nothing. You don't sympathize with them. You don't feel what they're feeling in that scene. I feel like that is to me, you know, a bad actor. And really that's subjective to every person. You can't sit there and say, Oh, everyone agrees that this person is a bad actor. Because um, there might be someone out there that will disagree with you. Uh, and an example could be maybe this, like, have you ever uh, seen the movie uh, The Room? And it's yeah, rated yeah. as one of the worst films of all time. Yeah. Yeah, it might be rated that, but some people, even though he was going for you know uh, you're supposed to cry people were laughing so it's kind of like the opposite and i i think yes he's a really bad actor because he wanted the people to actually be sad for him in certain scenes and people were just laughing in the situation but i know some people might like that whole idea of it is that a bad actor i i, I don't know i mean some people would say i think but i think a lot of people would say yes simply because you're not getting the reaction that he, the person's going for, but they're good enough that you're getting some type of reaction from it. Like you're laughing or enjoying it. So probably like really, really like you, you get nothing from it. I, you get no joy from it. You don't think it's funny or, or sad. You just get nothing from the actor. Yeah. But the thing is with like the room and speaking of the movie, did you see the James Franco's movie yeah. about the room? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so speaking of the room, you can say, oh, well, some people liked it, but I, th- I feel like they liked it because it was so bad. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like an ironic, ironic like or whatever, like liking something because it's bad or whatever. And I feel like with acting, unlike movies or just a movie in general or music in general, I feel like you kind of can you kind of can rate acting, I, I would think. Um, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe it's totally subjective, but um, you know what I mean? No. Wait, what? Uh, so, with acting, I kind of feel like you can rate acting. It's not totally subjective. I think. I think. I think anything that's art is subjective. I think movies are subjective. Anything along those, t- those things are very subjective. You can't, I don't know how you can quantify, like for example, I think we talked about this for the Academy Awards, whatever wins best picture, 
I don't know if that's really the best picture. It's just a group of people seem to say it is, but it's going to be different for every person. That's why when we did the what should have won, it's our own personal preference. It has nothing to do with what is the best picture. Yeah, that's true. But I feel like you, you, you should be able to say, like, um, like the guy from the room is a bad actor, and then I don't know, like Anthony Hopkins or something is a good actor, right? Or no? Do you think that's not even? You can't even really say that. I mean, it depends on what you're looking for and what they're doing. You know, I if you put Anthony Hopkins in the movie The Room, I, I don't know what people are going to think of as far as, because the lines and everything, he doesn't have much to work with. Yeah. So people might prefer the other guy as opposed to Anthony Hopkins being in that in that film. So speaking of bad actors, are there any... Well, one, first of all, one thing is... I think so, that... so my, my, to me, a bad actor is when, when they do their role and I have... I, there's nothing. I don't. I don't think it's so bad that it's funny, or it's. I. I don't have anything from them. I just watch them, and I'm like almost falling asleep. You know. I. There's no. Nothing from them is what to me is not a good job of acting. Yeah. Like one thing that I would think that, in my opinion, what would make an actor a better actor is somebody who can go into like a scene and instead of just like reciting lines or whatever, they can like improvise a bit and kind of come up with stuff to make the movie better, you know, like, and to do things that actually make the movie better as opposed to kind of just going and like playing a role. Like what? Well, I mean, I can't really think of an example because I don't really know what happens, but I, um, how would you know that they're improvising in the film? Well, that's the thing is I, I don't I don't know I can't like really list an example. I, I, but I've heard people them talk about how certain actors will go in and like like I think Jim Carrey I've heard this about or something and then like Jack Nicholson and stuff will go in and kind of like improvise and will come up with kind of like different things to do or different things to say. Okay, but when and you I watch feel- whatever they did, it depends on whatever they improvised and did. If you felt you know, emotionally invested in, in what they did in any way. Yeah. So it wouldn't matter if they improvised or not. It just matters when you watch them, if you're getting, uh, you know, anything from it. Yeah. So can you name, can you name any bad act, like actors that you just think that are actually in acting and, pretty big movies and stuff that you just see and think like I just yeah I I can name one off off the top of my head that I'm not a fan of is um what's his name his name is Ben what's I think I told you about him Ben uh, Ben Ben Foster yeah Ben Foster (laughs) now the reason why I I don't like Ben Foster is in in some of the films that he's been in he's supposed to come off as a you know uh, or when he plays like a bad guy he's supposed to be intimidating and you're supposed to feel, uh, you know, like, wow, this guy's like a tough, bad guy. And, you know, uh, uh, he's, he's a dangerous man. I, I don't want to mess with this guy. But when I watch him, I don't, I don't feel that it's 
bad in that like he's so it's so bad it's funny I, I don't get that i just watch him and i just don't believe him and to me that's not something that really draws me in like i don't want to see more of him in in anything if anything i want him just to go away not because he's frightening me or because you know like uh for example uh when I watched that Blue Velvet with Dennis Hopper, this guy was just deranged. And he had the emotional emotional impact on me was, I do want him to go away because this guy's just out of his mind. <laughs> you know, he's just so nuts. Yeah. Uh, but with Ben Foster, I want him to go away just because I want the scene to be over with him, if that, if that makes uh, sense. So you, you just want him off the screen. Like, yeah, and, and again, you know, maybe there's other films he's in that I would have liked him. Um, I think there's one film I saw him in that I actually thought he was okay in. I didn't have that feeling. It was, uh, shoot, I forgot the name of it. I'm not sure. But, you know, the, the movie with, like, Russell Crowe and Christian Bale and him, um, it was the 310 to Yuma. I, I just couldn't couldn't handle him in there. Uh, the alpha dog, my son in there. I just, his character just didn't work for me and, and how he portrayed the character. I just, I just didn't believe him, I guess. What about like Hell or High, was it Hell or High Water that you liked? Say, say it again. Was it Hell or High Water that you liked? Hell or High Water, I thought he did an okay job. That film, I would say, is a film that I, you know, I, when I watched it, I, I didn't have that same feeling that I had from those other films. Yeah. So it's not every film he's in that I feel that way, but those are just some performances that I remember that I saw him in that I had that feeling that just comes to the top of my head. Yeah. I thought I saw that like Christian Bale is going to be in a, in a, um, like a Marvel movie or something. Did you hear about that or see that? No, but I'm not surprised. You know, I kind of am, but um, let me look at that or see if I can look at that. I kind of am. I'm not. When we talked about things that Matt Damon did, he, he seems to be just doing uncredited things in a bunch of different Marvel films. Is that Deadpool film? Like, just uncredited. He's in Thor Ragnarok, uncredited. I guess these actors really want to get involved. Well, I feel like Christian Bell is a little bit more, I don't know. A little bit more picky than Matt Damon, maybe, but it's it's more love and thunder. I I don't know. I mean, I think if Christian Bell reads the script and if and you know what you, I think if they throw enough money at you, that he might say yes. I'm yep. Yeah, it's so he's gonna be in Thor: Love and Thunder, and he's gonna be Gore the God Butcher. Do you know who that is? I don't. I I'm not into comics enough to say I know all these characters from the comics. But speaking of that, I actually watched uh, The Suicide Squad. Did you watch that one? Um, no. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't even know if I knew it was out. So it came out? It's in the theater? Well, it's on the theater and it's also on HBO Max. You can watch it there for free if you have that subscription. So, I thought the first I thought the first Suicide Squad like bombed. It did, but, and it sounds like this this one isn't doing that much better either. 
they're just like doubling down on Suicide Squad. <laughs> they're just like, this this movie is going to be good. Well, um, I'll, I'll tell you right now that this one compared to the first is drastically better. Yeah, it really is. But and Jared Jared Leto's like the Joker again, right? No, he's not in this one at all. Oh, so is is it like Joker's not in it at all, or just or just no? Joker's not involved in it at all. Oh, okay. But for this one, I would have to say it's definitely a lot better. They, I know he he's come out and said another actor said like this is not DC's um, Guardians of the Galaxy, but, but it still has hints of it, and the hints of it are you know it's a group of misfits which are kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy, and they go ahead and you know, do all these crazy antics, have a lot, lot of humor that's similar to Guardians of the Galaxy as well, of the jokes, uh, which I actually like. And, you know, they go and do some mission to stop a, a huge catastrophe from, from happening, which is in both of the, the films. So they do have similarities to it, for sure. Um, but I definitely like the Suicide Squad. It was much better than the first one, and uh, they—it's very gory and graphic. But I again, I think that's what DC needs to start doing to try to get more viewers uh, in, into uh, DC comic movies as opposed to the Marvel ones. I think that is something that they could do to to draw people in, because Marvel's more of like a PG thirteen, and I think DC probably needs to make theirs more of the adult-themed instead of just trying to copy Marvel. Yeah. So speaking of this Thor movie, I guess, um, and Matt Damon. Matt Damon's going to be in it. Did you know that? He's like actor Loki. He's he's the actor Loki? Yeah. So what does that mean? Like, he's... he's like, I have I- no idea, because I watched... Well... It could be this, and I'm guessing you haven't watched the the Loki TV show, right? No. Yeah. So, essentially, what they're doing now in in Marvel is they're doing this thing with, uh, like, parallel universes and parallel timelines. So, I'll, I'll, I'll try to explain it this way. You ever remember the show Sliders? I remember like hearing about it, but I don't think I watched it. So Sliders is this premise, right? This guy gets this device and he says there could be like a million different parallel universes, like just different Earths. And they're all similar but different, right? So the way the Loki thing works is similar to that. There's all these like parallel timelines or so, and if you go to all these different versions of Earth, there's going to be all these different versions of Loki. <laughs> so maybe there's I mean, a version this, of Loki that's this, Matt Damon. Was this written like by Stan Lee? All this stuff, or are they just like adding on top of his? I don't know personally. I, I'll say this though, you know the the Marvel comics and just comics in general. They they have so 
many different storylines and ways of of doing things that so they could just make movies forever. Like I'll take, you know, just Spider-Man, for example. If you if you read the comics, there's the ultimate Spider-Man, the amazing Spider-Man, the incredible Spider-Man. There's all these different versions of Spider-Man. So there's like that for X-Men, like the uncanny X-Men. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not a big X-Men guy, so I can't think of the other ones, but there's so many different ways and things that are done in the comics that it's all over the place. So they can go in a lot of different directions uh, with this new different timelines they're doing uh, for Marvel. And to answer your question, I don't know, but if I had to guess, I'd probably say yes. There's probably something along the lines that had these different timelines going on that were in the comics that they're now putting into the movies. I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Yeah. So Taika Waititi is going to be in it. Matt Damon... Chris Pratt, Christian Bale, Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman, Russell Crowe, Melissa McCarthy, Sam Neill, and Luke Hemsworth. So, I mean, man, they're really getting some, like, big names. They're getting the heavy hitters, huh? <laughs> it's crazy. Do you know the Taika Waititi guy? Do you know who that is? He's directing who? it. Taika Waititi. Yeah. Didn't he do um, that movie with Scarlett Johansson? Uh, and it had to do with uh, like Nazis and World War Two. Yeah, Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, jo- he, that was him, right? Yeah, he di- he directed that. Yeah. That yeah. Yeah. He plays Hitler in it, I guess, right? He does. He's actually pretty funny in that one. Yeah. Should uh, I see that one? You think? Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll tell you this. Don't go into it with high expectations because it's not that great, in my opinion. But there's definitely, you know, good parts in it. It's it, it's worth a, a look for sure that, to check it out. But I think I went into it with higher expectations because the idea of it just sounded really funny to me. And, yeah, there was some funny parts. And for the most part, I enjoyed it. But it, it wasn't as good as I thought it would be. It seemed kind of like a weird movie to make to me, like a comedy about the Nazis or whatever. I don't know. It just seemed kind of like it might, it might not turn out well for them. You know what I mean? Like it might. For, well, I, I'll tell you right now, it didn't turn out well for the Nazis. In the movie, you mean? Or <laughs> it didn't turn or, out well in real life. <laughs> no, I know. But I don't know. Just doing like a funny, like a, like a funny thing on the Nazis seemed kind of like almost like a bad idea in terms of like cancel culture and stuff but well, I think that they did it in a way probably they don't glorify Nazis they kind of are making fun of the whole idea yeah All right, man we only only have like five minutes left if you want to be done in an hour so okay do you want to go on do the Oscar list real quick sure okay and then we'll wrap it up if you want. Sounds good. Where do we stop? 2010? That's what I'm looking at right now. 
Let's see. So, yeah, we did the King's Speech one. I think we were at... We were at the Hurt Locker. Yeah, we, that, we, we, we didn't do that one. Yeah, so you had to start there. Yeah. So, 2009 was the Hurt Locker, Avatar, The Blind Side, District 9, and Education, Inglorious Bastards, Precious, uh, Serious Man, Up and Up in the Air. I think you already know where I'm going to go. And Remember, what's, that, what's, my, what's my criteria that I use for these ones? Inglorious Bastards? Yeah, movies that I would watch again just because I, I enjoyed that film. So, yeah, I'm going with Inglorious Bastards. And I'm going to agree with you on that one. And then the next year was 2008, and this, this is when they only had five, so it'll be easier. So 2008, Slumdog Millionaire, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Frost, Nixon, Melk, and The Reader. I'm going to go with – wait, what, what was the first one you said? that Who, who won it that year? Slumdog Millionaire won. I'm going to go Slumdog Millionaire. I'll probably agree with you on that one. Well, I only saw two of them. I only saw – because I didn't see Malk. I only saw The Curious Case of Benjamin and Slumdog Millionaire. So I'll say Slumdog Millionaire. Speaking of which, Dev Patel, did you see uh, The Green Knight? I haven't seen it yet. You're in. You're in for a doozy. Okay, so 2007. I think this one's. Well, this one might. This might come down to two. No Country for Old Men, Atonement, Juno, Michael Clayton, and There Will Be Blood. Oh, There Will Be Blood, hands down. Oh wow! So I'm gonna go with No Country for Old Men. I that movie with Daniel Day Lewis. I think I've watched that film four or five times. I mean, his performance in there is just so magnetic. I I I love it. Yeah. The problem that I have with that movie is that it just to me it was kind of slow and boring. So it's hard it, to it, it is, but it, I but... think because he does such a great job and I love the chemistry by, between him and Paul Dano in that one. I, I I could probably watch that again tonight. I liked it so much. George speaking of Michael Clayton, George Clooney's another guy that I'm I just don't feel like he makes he's made too many good movies recently. Well, but, I don't know he's in, even been in recently. That's kind of my point. Well, he was in that Netflix movie where like something he went to space or something. Oh, yeah, I saw that one. That was uh yeah, not that great that that film. So 2006 The Departed, Babel, which Babel was one that I tried to watch and I kind of want to watch. Which is that Alejandro Gonzalez and Aritu guy. And so The Departed, Babel, Letters from Iwo Jima, Little Miss Sunshine, and The Queen. Ooh. I'm going to go. I'll go with The Departed. Little Miss Sunshine, classic, great comedy. That's definitely one that I've watched numerous times, but I've also. Probably if I had to guess, I've seen the part of just maybe once or twice more. It's I don't know. To me, it's hard to beat the departed. I mean, Little Miss Sunshine is good, but no, I'm going. I'm going to go with the departed. I mean, that was that's just a great film. Uh, Matt Damon, Leo, prime, great, great roles by both of them. Even Mark Wahlberg, awesome in that film. 
Jack, that's probably one of Jack Nichols, uh, Jack Nicholson's, uh, you know, one of his better performance in his later years. I'd have to say, was that one. So yeah, definitely, definitely. I'll, I'll, I'll go with The Departed. Yeah, I'm gonna agree The Departed. And speaking of what I was saying earlier about actors kind of improvising, I heard Matt Damon actually talking on the Mark Maron podcast about how Jack Nicholson in that movie there was like a scene where like he was just supposed to like kill a guy. And that was like the whole scene, but he like totally like was adding to it because he wanted like different ideas and stuff. So yeah, he, he's interesting from what, I, what I've heard. I remember um, Stanley Kubrick was talking about him in The Shining, and he basically and he was all over the place, Jack Nicholson. And Stanley Kubrick had to tell him like, "Hey, man, you." You need to tone it down with what you're doing, <laughs> man. Like he he just said that you know he was going a little bit too. Uh, he's off the hook with with what he was doing. So yeah, I, I I think he definitely does it, and I think for the most part it works. Um, however, you know, Stanley Kubrick's saying like, "Hey, tone it down." You know, you probably have to go ahead and listen to the director in that in that point. But yeah, I mean, if he went ahead and did it in this in this. In that film, it probably worked then. But I also heard that Stanley Kubrick was doing some stuff like where he was, in, and who knows what's true or whatever, but he was like intentionally not talking or like treating like the the female actress badly because he wanted her to be like feel kind of like alone or like depressed or whatever. Like in The Shining? Yeah. So I heard that. From him too, that he actually was kind of doing some like method acting type stuff or whatever. I guess method directing or whatever. <laughs> but um, he right. walks around and she's asking like, "Hey, you know, can you show me the bathroom?" And he's like just ignoring her, <laughs> yeah. not, not even acknowledging her. So 2005 <laughs> is Crash, Brokeback Mountain, Capote, Good Night and Good Luck, and Munich. Was what was it? Munich? Yeah. Munich. That was like Steven Spielberg. I think it was about like the Olympics or something. Oh, Munich. Yeah. Oh man, that's not not a great year in my opinion. So say, say him again. <laughs> I mean, I've only well, no, I saw Capote and I saw Crash. So it's Crash, Brokeback Mountain, Capote, Good Night and Good Luck, and Munich. Well, I was never a fan of Brokeback Mountain. Just wasn't a fan of that one. Uh, you know, good performances by both actors, but just I don't know, I wasn't really into that one. Good night, and good luck. Was a little slow. Munich was also slow. I'll reluctantly give it to Crash. I mean, that's just not a great year, in my opinion. And I'm gonna give it to Crash, but I actually like Crash. Like, like none, none of those films I, I feel like I would want to watch again. You know, those were just one and dones for me, for all those ones. I thought you didn't think Crash was good. It was okay, uh, but it—I I don't know. It, for me, when I watched it, I, I thought it was—it was fine, but it wasn't a film that I. Again, I'm going by the criteria of, you know, hey, if this ever pops up on my Netflix screen, do, oh, I want to watch this one again. It crashes 
wouldn't be one of those. Capote, you know, good, great performance by Philip Seymour Hoffman, but uh, again, the 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 story in itself, I don't know, I wasn't really that engaged. Wouldn't want to watch it again either. So it's just a bunch of films that I understand why, you know, they're they're good, but again, it didn't meet the criteria of oh, this is something I, I'd really want to see again. Yeah. All right, we're definitely going to get into some territory here where I've only seen like one one movie, one or two. But 2004 is A Million Dollar Baby, The the Aviator, Finding Neverland, Ray, and Sideways. Ooh. Sideways? That's what I thought you were going to go with. I haven't even seen Million Dollar Baby. Well, <clears throat> you should check it out. <laughs> Did you know Clint Eastwood's coming out with a movie this year? Man, he's he just he just keeps up keeps them coming, doesn't he? Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna go him. with I'm gonna go with Sideways Two, and then 2003, The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, Lost in Translation, Master and Commander, Mystic River, and Sea Biscuit. Where do you think I'm gonna go on this one? That's actually probably a better way of doing this. Just guessing what I think you're gonna say. All right, what do you think I'm gonna say? I think you're gonna say. Lord of the Rings. Master and Commander. Are you really? I love that film. <laughs> I've like, watched that so many times. I, oh. I I could probably watch that again right now. I didn't know that. And it's with... Um, Russell Crowe. Yeah. I remember I thought it was kind of boring. It, I don't know. I, I love the idea of it. Just the, the life and... I don't know... I, I really enjoyed how it was done. I, I thought it was really interesting, the, the story and the suspense of the ship that was just trying to keep catching them way off in the distance. Uh, it kind of reminded me of, you know, the, the, the horror film It Follows. Yeah. It's like there's this thing, like, way far away, and it just keeps getting closer. And I don't know. It's just that eerie... Uh, that chase of that ship trying to get them and how they try to outmaneuver them. I don't know. I just, I love that, that film, uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I love Lord of the Rings. It's great, but definitely would watch that film a lot more than, uh, the Lord of the Rings film. All right. I actually kind of like the idea of that too. Maybe I should recheck that out. Um, so what do you think that I'm going to pick? Okay. So say it again, Lord of the Rings, massive commander. What was it? I would think this should be easy for you, but Lord of the Rings, Lost in Translation. Master. Oh, Lost in Translation is probably for you. Yeah. Yeah, you just like those slow, talky films. I well, know. I wouldn't really say that. I wouldn't say I like slow, talky films. Talky-talky. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, 2002. Dialogue-driven, uh, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Indie, mainly. Um, so 2002, Chicago, Gangs in New York. Oh, Gangs in New York. The Hours, you already know it? Gangs in New York. So Chicago, the Gangs in New York. Or let me try and guess for you too. So Chicago, Gangs in New York, The Hours, The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, and The Pianist. We'll guess now. Well, Gangs in New York, so that's for sure. (laughs) I'm surprised you're not going with Lord of the Rings for some of these. I, mean, see I can't. You... I can't go against Daniel Day Lewis. Those are my one of my two favorite films. That he's in. 
And he really, uh, that there'll be blood in Gangs of really New York. Good. Love those things with him. In my opinion, he does like, a really good job in Gangs of New York. I, th- I, I think I might like him more in Gangs of New York. Um, because he's more more of a bad guy, I guess. More like I don't know. He's a he's a freaking bad guy in both of those ones, but uh, he's definitely <laughs> really they, they kind of seem like the same character. I feel like in both the films. <laughs> You know, like just very male dominant guy that has a lot of power, and uh, I don't know, but just the way he presents himself in those films and uh, very powerful performance. Yeah, but in Gangs of New York, I mean, he you know he kills more people, I guess, and um, but yeah. yes, he he stabs a lot more people in Gangs of New York. And that's uh, you know that's Har- Harvey Weinstein. It says the names of the people who, I guess, produced it. Harvey Weinstein produced Kings of New York. I was going to ask earlier, like I wonder what Harvey Weinstein when we were talking about Cohen Brothers. I wonder what Harvey Weinstein's brother is doing now because you know it was the Weinstein, Weinstein Brothers. I wonder if he still has that company. I doubt it, but I mean, I have no idea. I wonder if he's just kind of like retired and just hiding low. But to me, it would be crazy if your brother was like that, you know? But anyway, so yeah, so for me, Chicago, so for me, what do you think I'm going to pick? Gangs of New York. Yeah. And once again, that was the only... Uh, right, do the only, do one more and then and that'll be it. And we'll, and we'll do the guess. We won't say it this time. What's that? Do one more and you can try to guess and I'll try to guess. Okay. All right. So a beautiful, for 2001, is a beautiful mind. Gosford Park. Which is do you know do you know who Robert Altman is? Yeah, yeah, he did Gosford Park. I know the player. He's what? He did the film The Player. Oh, did you see Gosford Park? Yes. Is it good? <laughs> Amazing. Um, okay, so A Beautiful Mind, Gosford Park, In the Bedroom, Lord of the Rings. You got you got to give Lord of the Rings at least one, right? And then Moulin Rouge. And I'm gonna guess for you. I'm actually just gonna guess for you, A Beautiful Mind. Am I right? It's Lord of the Rings for this one. Oh, it beats Beautiful Mind. So, th- so the first Lord of the Rings he thought was the best one. Um, I don't know if it's the best one. I, we're comparing it against the other ones that are there. So, I I really do like Lord of the Rings. I just felt that Gangs New York is I love that film, and then the what was the one that was before? Oh, and then Master Commander. Like those are just films that. I feel like I enjoy more than the Lord of the Rings, but yeah. for those other films, I'm I'm going with the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, you know, and it, and it actually might be my favorite one, the Fellowship of the Ring, than the other two. Uh, Return of the King is actually my probably my least favorite of uh, of all three of them. So it's like a tie between Fellowship of the Ring and Two Towers of the Lord of the Rings. I like the most, uh, but. With those other films, it's definitely going to be that one. And then for you, I'll say Beautiful Mind. No, Moulin Rouge. No, Moulin, it's not Moulin Rouge. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's Beautiful Mind. <laughs> you know, Peter Jackson's doing a um, a Beatles documentary. He seems to be doing a lot of documentaries. He did that, the World War, I think, two in color. And did that. I never saw it, but kind of looked interesting. He's doing a lot of really cool things with just film in general like restoring old film and making it more modern i think that's really neat and probably with the beatles 
<clears throat> hope he might maybe he'll do something similar. I don't know. All right, man. Do you want to do one more to two thousand, or do you just want to end it on that? All right, we'll do two thousand again in the nineties next next week. Yeah. So, so two thousand so is Gladiator, Gladiator one, uh, Chocolate, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Aaron Brockovich, and Traffic. What do you think I'm gonna say? I think that you're gonna say. I don't know. I think these these are kind of obvious, but I think you're gonna say Gladiator. Yeah, definitely Gladiator. <laughs> and then, what do you think? I'm. Aren't, are you not entertained? <laughs> ha ha ha! Uh, for you, yeah. yeah. So Aaron Brockovich, no. I don't think you're gonna say Aaron Brockovich. Uh, Chocolat. I just cannot imagine you liking Chocolat. Was that the Johnny Depp one? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, kind of a love story. I don't think that's up your alley, so I wouldn't say it's that one. Uh, what's the other one? So Gladiator, Chocolat, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Aaron Crouching Brockovich. Tiger, no. You you are not yeah. into those martial arts. You know, they're flying around the screen doing karate moves. No. And then Traffic. And then Traffic. So I'm going to say for you, Traffic. No, it's actually Gladiator. Gladiator. It's actually Gladiator. Okay. Gladiator is one of the few movies of that sort, I guess, that I like a lot. Liked a lot. Okay. Well, I think that's a wrap. All right, man. I'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.